Welcome, listeners, to episode 30 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to an Aussie female who's represented Australia at the inaugural Commonwealth Half Marathon Championships in Cardiff 2018 and World Cross in Denmark 2019. That has recently turned her attention to the marathon. Welcome to the Running Guy podcast, Marnie Ponton. How you going, Marnie? Uh, really good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on the sh- on the show. Pretty hot up there. You live up in Glenbrook, which is at the Lower Blue Mountains. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I live yeah base of the mountains. Um, so glorified Penrith, and it's it's really hot today. Yeah, <laughs> forty yeah, degrees. 40. Yeah, yeah, it's very hot. Yeah, it's pretty much hot all around Australia at the moment. Uh, they're talking about getting fifties in some parts, but yes, not pretty. It's actually pretty early to get that sort of heat. I don't know. Do you think it's a bit early at the end of November to be getting that heat already? I thought it was normally January. Yeah, like December through January. Um, mm. Yeah, look, I can't pick the weather these days. Like, it's just mm. crazy. But my aim is to get out now, so then I'm acclimatised because I can't see it cooling down. I can only see it getting hotter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you get out early to get your run done? Yeah, I was out at quarter to seven and, uh, okay. this morning. So you don't have that blaring heat. You just have the crazy humidity. But um yeah. yeah, I think it'll be early morning starts from now on. Now, you work, uh, shift work as a nurse at the Nepean Hospital, is that right? Yeah, nurse practitioner in emergency, so a okay. bit different, but um, yeah, I shift work, so lots of, I mainly work evenings, so like 2.30 to 11, and um, pick okay. up a few mornings here and there, but yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, busy schedule, being a mum as well and preparing to run marathons, you must have time management pretty good. Yeah, most definitely. It's just um, we're pretty structured. We just uh, we get it all done. Not a lot of socialising. I think that's mm. probably the one thing that gets uh, gets cut away. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when I think about some of the, some of the girls at the top at the moment in, in Australian distance running, they're marathoning. They're uh, working mums as well. So I guess you're all a tough breed, which is helpful as a distance runner. Yeah, well, it, um, I think we you kind of have to be, don't you, if you want to run yeah. marathons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <for laughs> you've sure. got to be a bit tough. But uh, yeah. look, I enjoy going. I, I love running, so you know it's kind of it's like a it's you're out doing something that you love, so it's not it's not that hard. <laughs> look, let's um let's start with running through your um your PBs, and you can just tell us about any details you can remember about these events. Some of them going back a fair way. So starting <laughs> with the eight hundred meters. Well, um, I knew you were going to say this. I was trying yeah, to well, it's, it's on the year and the location, <laughs> and then I might be able to remember something. <laughs> exactly. So down here in Canberra, is it, it was a 209.97, yep. January 2007. Yeah, I don't remember a lot. But um, no. <laughs> I think it must have been an inter-club meet. And yep. um, I remember I was 2007. I must I, Was I like a – I must have been a teenager. Um, but uh, I remember being very happy to get under 210. Yeah, and sure. um I don't think I've run an 800 since, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Were you running <laughs> but, many 800s then? Look, when I well, when I was under 20, I was doing a heap of steeplechasing. So obviously you cross over and do those middle distance events, so 15 and 8. Um, so it just would have – not too many 8s, but um, it just would have been one of those inter-club meets just to, you know, get out and get a race. But, uh, yeah, it was during my steeplechase days for sure. I definitely don't have that speed now, I don't reckon. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Look, we might jump to that 3,000-metre steeplechase uh, PB, um, 10.08.54, and that was that year uh, in Sydney, February 2007. I think I've run a 10.03 in a mixed race, but I'll go okay. 10.08. Um, sure. But my aim always with the steeple was to get under that 10, which I didn't yeah. do, and I don't know. I think that probably time has passed. 
look, not a lot of memories on the 10.08, but I remember 10.03 uh, in a mixed race and just, you know, working really hard in that steeple. It's just like climbing a mountain. It's just really high anaerobic, like aerobic kind of working. You're just hurting. It's just like doing a whole lot of back squats. Sounds pretty. All right, yeah. let's, let's head back to the 1500 then, uh, 4.30.59, again down here in Canberra, November 2006. That would have been just, I reckon that would have been inter-club meet again and just just getting out, having a race on the weekend because, mm. you know, under, I remember when I was a teenager in Canberra, there would always, you know, every weekend um, during the track season there would be a there would be a club race on, an inter-club race on, so you'd just jump on the track and, go for a run and, um, you know, lots of great athletes during that time. Mm. But uh, I think I could probably run quicker than 4.30 now, fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. Who were you running for when you were running the clubs? I ran for, well, I ran for Ginandera Little Athletic. I remember yeah. a lot of the other guys like M Brick and that ran for Western. Um, yep. But, yep. yeah, I think I probably, I think, Jin and Dara probably had a senior club that or North Canberra. North Canberra is who I ran for. That's it. Okay. John Harding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. All right, three thousand meters, nine thirteen eighty six, um, yep. Sydney, two thousand seventeen, October. Yeah, I remember that. That was that was the race I ran with uh, against Paige and she was leading and um I had a good old sprint for the finish and she still beat me, but it was um, that was a massively enjoyable run. That's all I remember about that is going through the laps, just the big grin on my face and really enjoying, you know, when you're just running and you feel good and yeah. you know you're going to have a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that 3,000 PB being that feeling and just knowing that it was going to be, you know, a solid run and I was going to be happy by the end of it. Mm. Was it was it much under your previous PB? I think, it, yeah, it probably was. I think I probably hadn't run much quicker than 920 previous um so yeah it was and i just yeah i just remember it being a great just a really enjoyable run just when everything clicks and you feel good and it's just Mm. yeah it's a good day so you were just shoulder to shoulder with Paige the whole way that's what sort of brought the best out of you or was it a bit of a cat and mouse or there was a few of us and we were all running we're all running around and then um i remember the paces went out but i decided to go just ahead of the paces and we just ran and so I was leading for a bit and then Paige pulled away and then I tried for a sprint finish, but uh, she'd pulled too far by that stage and I, I couldn't ca- couldn't catch her. Okay. Yeah, I think that day I was meant to stay. Had, I didn't know they had pre-organised paces and, and I just went out and did my thing and uh, I didn't realise that I was probably meant to sit behind um, the paces because no one let me know that <laughs> they had organised okay. any. But, oh, well, yep. it doesn't matter. Yep. All right, a couple of months later, uh, December 2017, up there in Sydney, 5,000 metres in 1602.29. Yeah, that was in the rain. Um, I think that was possibly state – it was a state champion – state champs. Um, and that run I was – I think it was uh, Jenny Blundell. She was coming back to running, um, so she wasn't in her full form that she is capable of. And um, we ran – Literally, I led the majority of the way, just the two of us, and there was no one else in it. And it, once again, it was a sprint finish, and it was I was um, pleased with the time, but definitely want to get under that 16. <laughs> mm. Mm. So you're still hoping to, to get under 16, that's what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. Yep. definitely. Cool. We're working on that, working on the 5 to 10. Just Fantastic. so, you know, preparation for running a faster marathon. Definitely. 
All right, let's get to the 10. Um, 33, 39, 96, again at 2017. So must have been pretty close to that 5,000 metre. You know what? I um, I didn't know what my PB on the track was because every 10K I've run on the track has been, I felt I've been so like really disappointed with my effort because I think you think you run on the track and you're going to run faster than what you would on the road, right? Mm. And um, every time I've gone around in that 10K, it's just, it's like a vice. It's just defeated me every time. So that would have been one of the Zatapex that I ran and I don't have any great feelings that I've had running at Zatapex because I feel like I, I haven't performed to the best of my ability in those races. So um, I think I remember being disappointed, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Probably not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> On the road, I've run 33. 33, I don't know, 33.10, and, and that had much more better memories attached to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that, 33.12 on the Goldie. But let's, yeah. uh, actually, we can do that now because I've already spoken about 3,000 metres double chase. So, yeah, 10K on the road, 33.12 on the Goldie, 2018. Tell us about that. Oh, that was, that was you know what, that was when I had just um, I'd made the move to Dick, um, Telford, and so I'd been with him for a couple of months. Not even, yeah, just a couple of months. That so was the first, ra- one of the first races that I did training under him. And I just, yeah, had a blinder. I just felt great and I just ran really well. And I was, um, uh, I think, uh, I think Caitlin Adams, did she, I think, I think I came second. Caitlin Adams third and Malin Herner Hills, she, she, uh, she won the event. Um, okay. But she was far, far in front because she decided to do a, she did it really strange. She did a 5K, like, full out, had a break, mm. like, had, like, 10 seconds off or 15 seconds off or more, I'm not too sure, and then did a second 5K. It was um, okay. – she used it as training. It was uh, strange, but, um, but yeah, that's what she did, and I remember coming second, but I was pretty pumped to get a PB, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love running on the Gold Coast. I always do. Yeah, no, it's great. Now, we won't go too much in the details about this one because I'm going to talk further about it, but your half marathon, 72.21, over there in Cardiff uh, last year, October 2019. Yep. So that was, again, I'd had, like, some good solid training under, like, I was used to Dick's program by now and getting, um, had some good solid training under him. And I remember he just said, the way he does, he says, you know, ride the red line, puff not as hard as a 10K, when you get 7K to go, it's better to be passing girls than being passed. So that's mm. exactly what I did. <laughs> I didn't look at my watch. I just ran. And, mm. um, and that, yeah, that was one of those days that just felt really, really good. And I was um, with some girls toward the end that made me push pretty hard and um, had the guys at the start because it was a, uh, that race they did with um, as a community event as well. So there was a lot of B-grade men there. Um, yep that supported me at the beginning and yeah it was a yeah that was a, a really enjoyable race it was one of my favorites yeah we'll go further into that um marathon uh melbourne last year 237 21 yeah so it was pretty i was you know i'm happy that i got a pb but i definitely i think i've got more in me that race i got one of the guys up here that um does a lot of training with me one of my training partners he um he paced me for the event and um, definitely happy to get there, 2.37, and I held on, like I went through halfway exactly where I needed to be to, you know, I guess I was probably aiming for at least a 2.34, 2.35, but um, and just held on towards the end, and it was tough and it was gritty, but I um, 
was pleased to get a PB, um, but I definitely think I can probably go go a bit quicker. Mm, that 2.37 window is sort of this, not a lot of people are running around that pace. You would have spent a bit of time on your own, I imagine, or...? Yeah, well, I had Alex, my training, one of the guys. Okay. He like literally, he literally just ran in front of me the whole way. Yeah, yeah. I was super, super grateful to have that. Um, I remember being passed at the twenty-five k by um, one of the girls to put me back into, uh, back into third place, and then I tried to go with her, but you know, I don't know, you know, with marathon running, you just. Uh, yeah, you just sometimes you just got to hang on, and that's what I did towards the end of that race. Yeah, okay. Let's head back to um, where and when your running began. And oh, you, you mentioned you grew up in Canberra, and you, you obviously yeah. came up through the little A's. Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, when I was when we were, I was about four. I moved to Yass, which is just out country town, just outside of Canberra. Okay. And um, when I was about eight years old, I. Uh, well, I knew I, I really enjoyed running when I like the little athletics carnivals at um, school. Like I, I knew that I enjoyed running and I wanted to do a little bit more of it. So um, I uh, started running with the local sprinkler group. There was a he was a trout farmer, a coach, and um, he had a few really good sprinters. And um, I just jumped in with them, and that's how I started to run. But I knew I loved long distance. I just joined in with them, and that probably where I got a bit of my speed from early on and that's how it all started and then we joined um Ginandera Little Athletics Club which is over in the north side of Canberra and did little athletics every weekend and met another uh well I didn't kind of coach that probably didn't happen until I was around 11 or 12 um I just ran in Yas before that and did school events and then when I went to Junandera, I met a significant person in my life, Michelle Davis. She was one of the mums that coached and she was a marathoner herself. And she um, she coached me and then John Thompson took over and I ran with Junand- stayed in Canberra for a, a fair few years. You say your titles, 2004, you, um, you won that 3,000 metres double chase in Sydney. Now, you ran 10.21 here and you won by a whopping 36 and a half seconds. Now, that was, yeah, 2004... So that was a selection race for, for Athens, but um, they hadn't added the uh, steeplechase to the Olympic program um, then. It came four years later in, in Beijing. But nevertheless, you picked up the national title. Tell us about that race. I just loved running steeple. And the reason why was I think you just – it's kind of like um, obviously I do a lot of trail running as well. And it's it's the same sort of feeling where you're racing. I feel like you're racing yourself. So, um, and that's kind of what I get in the marathon as well, where you just go out as hard as you can and you just hold on. And that's what I've done in that race. Just go out as hard as I can and just hold on and, um, and finish. And whenever you get a national title, like it's, you know, you never, I think that's, you know, always a great feeling. So, but that race just, yeah, went out hard and hold on. I'm not a, I'm not a strategic kind of tactical girl. I just, on the track, on the roads, on the trail, I do the same thing. I just go out and I just race as hard as I can. City to surf. You've made the local pilgrimage up there um, like most of us do. It's a challenging run, that one. Now, you've been pretty successful up there, podiums most time you've raced. Yep. So just looking back here, 2016, you ran fourth with a 49.56. 2017, you finished second with a 48.49. 2018, third with a 47.53. 
and then um, 2019, uh, third with a 48.52. So obviously, you know, looking at those times, you ran you ran a, a minute quicker uh, the year before with the same position. So you never know who's going to turn up. But you um, yeah, yeah, you've run pretty well up there. You must uh, love heading up there as well. I do. I will. You know, when I was in Canberra, like it, I would go up um, quite young. I think from I, I don't know. I don't even know how many I've done. I think I've done seven or or more. Mm. Mm. Um, but just that whole coming up and just that whole standing on the start line. And if you have like a, a preferred start or elite start, just seeing everybody, the masses of people, you know, up behind you, up the other street and up the corporate guys up the other street. And then you're all like standing on the start line, getting ready to go down that hill. It's just, it's an amazing feeling and it's an amazing hype. And I think I just you know really addicted to that and then the race itself you know where else can you do a a road race that just isn't dead flat right mm, so mm. you know you're not going for time you just got well you're going for the time on the course but you're not going for you know pbs for your 10k or pbs for your half or you know you're not looking at your splits you're just going out and you're running really hard and you're running up hills and you're gonna hurt and it's it's just um it's just a really solid, gritty race, and that's what I love about it. And the other thing is, like, the the, line, the people that line the streets, like, I don't know how many times you've done it, but the people that line the streets and then there's music playing and people are cheering, it's just, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing just has a really good feel about it. And then to finish at Bondi is mad as well. So, um, yeah, I've gone back many, many years for that race just just to just to experience it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's a fantastic day, and um, and I, I think if you if you have a good city to surf, then generally it means you're um you're in good nick. Um, I always find if I have a good run there, then generally um the rest of the year um is pretty successful as well because yeah, you know, I mean, you you got to be pretty um in pretty good nick to, to run fast and then be able to get up those hills and then still have something left in the legs to to bring it home and and smash the downhill to the finish. So. Yeah, I, I always get nervous uh, time the line for that one because I know what I'm in for. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's well a, that's it. You, you, yeah. you can't hide on the hills, can you? Like, no, you, you can't, can't hide. You can't hide fitness. Yeah. Um, you're either on the hills. So if you're not fit or you're not mm. at your peak, yeah, you're, you're going to suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of people do sort of um, <laughs> go backwards on that hill, and you just hope that it's not going to be you that year. But uh, yeah, you're feeling you. fine till you get halfway <laughs> up that hill, and then you think, "What the hell happened to those legs?" But um, yeah, I think I, I think it's a it's a great event. It's uh, it's a shame missed out on this year, but um, next yep. year hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, let's check about. Uh, sorry, talk about those national teams. Um, now the first one there, uh, the inaugural half marathon championships over there in Cardiff in Wales uh, in 2018. Was that? I'm trying to think. Was that your first uh, national team? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was like completely unexpected. Like I had run up at, um, as I said, I'd moved to Dick Telf, the Telford Group, and I mm. had um, we'd done those the 10k at the Goldie. And then entered Sunshine Coast um, half, uh, which is which is an awesome event as well. If anyone wants to do a good half, um, we'd entered that and just to see what I could push out for a half, and I ended up going pretty well. I came second in that race. It was the national cha- I didn't. It was the national championships as well. Um, yep. Second to Sinead. and then um, I don't think I didn't know there was the the inaugural half marathon on, and then mm. they um, gave me a call and asked whether I 
well, I think they gave Dick a call and asked whether I wanted to um, be a part of the event. I said, yes, please. And, um, yeah, when it was a bit of a whirlwind. The next, you know, couple of months went over there and a couple of months later went over there and raced, which was an yeah. amazing experience to represent Australia. Yeah, yeah. Did you get to hang out for a bit or pretty much just end do the race and come home? Or Yeah, so we – no, we were there just a couple of days before. Um, okay. Like I've noticed with a um, – a lot of these events, like with the Athletics Australia, you just go there, they'll do the flight a couple of days, like you know, enough to recover. Yeah. So maybe you fly the Monday and you're racing the Saturday yeah. or the Sunday and just hung around. It's it's a pretty bit, bit of a trek to Cardiff. Like I yeah. didn't realise. I feel like it's – like I don't know if you could get much further away. Uh, so once we got there, like it was a significant amount of travel and then just hung out in Card- um, Cardiff with – there was only three girls on the team and three guys on the team. That good course, of, good competition. Uh, yeah, that was a heap of fun. So yep. the course itself is, you know, I would even consider going back there just to do a half. It is a fast course. You know, it obviously it's sea level um, because you ride on the water and it's just nice and flat. There's a little bit of a hill just to break the stride at the end, but it's um, it's amazing, amazingly fast. It's a good course. Mm. And as far as the competition yeah, well, that particular race it was. Um, there was lots of – there was um, – I was pretty much by my – I didn't have that many girls around me when I was racing, lots of guys, because um, it was a community event, so lots of big great guys kind of supporting you. Um, a few girls to chase and, and hunt down throughout, and that's what I did. Um, and uh, toward the end there was, uh, uh, I think, one of the Scottish girls and the English girls and to make me have to – work hard to the end and, you know, ended up coming six in the girls. So it was um, – and I think we got second in the team because um, Celia crossed the line second and it was uh, – yeah, it was a good good event. Definitely yeah. one I'd do again. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty good. So um, can you remember which, which country won? So it was a, a Ugandan lady, I think. Okay, yeah. I think it was – trying to think it was a Kenyan lady or a Ugand, Ugandan lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but she won. I just rewatched the race the other day. Um, uh, I think she won in about 70 minutes, and Celia came through in 70, 70, 71, and then um, I got 72.20, I think, okay. is what yeah. I ended up with. Yeah. Mm, that's a good performance. Well done. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, well, I don't know. I think you get a little bit of a rise when you put the Australian uniform on. I didn't mm. think I would, but I definitely did. I, you know, it makes you go a bit harder. Let's talk about the next time you put it on, uh, World Cross over there in Denmark. Obviously, cross-country courses are expected to be brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one was uh, no different. Hilly, mud, everything you'd expect. That grass roof over that, uh, what is it, uh, Musgard Museum, that uh, the museum with a yeah, big yeah. grass roof on it, similar to what you have here at the Parliament House, isn't it, the grass hill that runs up the roof, yeah. Yep, 100%. That would probably be a good equivalent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about that. Well, about the race was, and the whole experience uh, and yeah that was that was something else that was really cool um so i knew the course like i had word because that the course had had 75 meters elevation in the two kilometer loop i had just a few weeks before thought oh, i'll try and replicate that in the national park and i couldn't and i'm like oh my god that is actually that's significant. That is like a significant, like it sounds like nothing. I thought that is probably really significant. So I was a bit, you know, excited to see what the course was like. And then when you pull up and you see that what that museum hill looks like, it is 
and then you jog the course and it's it's hard to jog and you're like okay this is this is going to be an epic course and then um to toe the line with like I think you know each country is sending six athletes and so you know Uganda had a full spread and 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 so did Kenya and Ethiopia and to line up with all those ladies was just phenomenal and such an experience and to be in the same race you know you know Obiri run ran won that race and and you know to come I think I don't know what I came 40 something and um to finish you know 10k in, I think I got like 39 minutes or just under 40 minutes and still come mm. 40s you're like oh my yeah. god that course was yeah it was there was nowhere to hide nowhere to rest you're either going up or down and when you're possibly I don't even think there was flat on the course to be honest it was literally up down through mud through through dirt yeah, yeah. through uh some man-made little creek thing or, or up a ridiculously steep hill yeah. <laughs> but it was so cool it and was through really beer cool. gardens with heaps of atmosphere Oh yeah, you climb up, you climb up that first hill. I think it was about a few hundred meters, and then you go through this marquee, and that's that. I think that was the beer garden, mm-hmm. and so people are cheering there, and the whole course is, you know, had lots of people cheering, and yeah, it was it was tough. It was really really tough, but one of um one of my um one of my favorite running experiences for sure. And the girls and the the girls that were a part of the team they're an amazing bunch and they all ran really well and yeah it was awesome to be a part of yeah it's a shame Bathurst didn't uh didn't work for us next year during the COVID but uh hopefully in the future we can get one back here it'd be a shame if we if we got the world cross and now now we've lost it but uh yeah we'll wait and see yeah I was wondering what was going to happen with that <clears> like I, I I did wonder um I'm assuming the course is going to like what if it does end up being in Bathurst it would be a as hard course because as we were, I was driving in to visit the course, we'd actually um, one of the guys that was a course organizer, like a, a creditor for World Athletics, was on yep. our bus. Okay. And um, it seems like that's you know that's going to be the flavour of cross country from now on, which is good. It needs to be different from the track, and it needs to be different from the road. So talking about hills, uh, as I mentioned, you live at the foothills there, the Blue Mountains, um, which means you have access to all those uh, scenic hilly trails up there in the mountains. Yeah. Now you've obviously spent a bit of time slogging around them because you um you won six foot track at your first go back in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I'll go um, back. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. That's, I mean, incredible event. But um, yeah, let's talk about that. And I guess we could talk about you know how you ventured into um into trail running and and that little uh that little chapter in your life. Yeah, so I've always like before as a like twenty year old, I've always you know I've been to a few world mountain running champs. So I've always had an affinity for you know hills and trails. And um, after I had Emmy one um. Uh, my daughter I decided you know I wanted to get back into running I'd had a big break and you know I joined a local club a, a local group around here and then heard of six foot and I knew about six foot it's pretty iconic um and then um decided I wanted you know I was getting a bit more serious in running I really wanted to give it a go and and that race is yeah it's it's a battleground it's like you either have a great day and if you have a bad day, it is the worst day of your life. Um, I, my brother did it a few years back, and he's a decent runner, and he swears he'll never go back. It's it is brutal. It's um, you just go you go really, you know, you go downhill for 
uh, it's about 15K that you end up, you know, single trailing mm. kind of downhill. And then you've got these, I don't know if you've done it, you've got these massive hills, mini, mini, pluvy. And people go really hard. They go really, really hard. And so by the time you get to the top of Pluvy, and you go along this thing called the Black Range and it's this, it's, it is uphill, but it's not crazy uphill. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's just yep, like yep. a 6% gradient probably climb. Yep. And it's just carnage. So that's mm. where if you're having a good day, you pick up everybody on there. And yep. um, and I remember being passed on uh, on six foot the time I decided to, the time I did it. And I'd done a lot of specificity, like I'd done a lot on course. And that's for a lot of trail races. I think that's super important is that you know the course. And um, so I had, I was racing and I had led the first 15 Ks, Cox's River. And then I got, started going up this really steep hill, mini, mini, and I got passed by Steph Austin. I'm like, damn it, that's my day. That's, I just got to hold in here. That's the win. That's the win gone. I'm going to, hopefully I can still hold on for a podium. And I just grind it out and you get into your zone. You know, you know how you can only climb at one speed Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Like you just got to grind it out and you'd know from running the trails in Canberra. So I was just grinding up this hill. And four kilometres later or five kilometres later, at the black, just as we entered this black range where it's carnage, I saw Steph and I'm like, oh, hello, okay, I'm good, I'm feeling good. And that's when I passed her and and um, the rest, yeah, I managed to take the win, which is very pleased, very pleased to get under four hours. It's like a little, you know, tick in the box for six foot. Everyone tries to get under four hours. So I was happy with 350 and hopefully I'll go back and, again and try and get a bit quicker i think the record's 330 334 35 held by hanny so i'd like to go back and have a crack at that one day yeah wow 335 that's yeah, yeah it's fast quick. Man, 350 it's quick. faster yeah i was going to ask you i mean obviously why not in your first attempt um were you getting a lot of um self advice um from from people who'd done it before of, of how to train how to prepare as, as you mentioned before you weren't actually training on the actual course which helps a lot but mm. Were you sort of thinking the philosophy of you just got to get used to banging up your legs on that downhill so they're prepared to be able to run quick on, on the uphill? Yeah, 100%. Like I had done a um, – like most weekends were like the six, seven weekends leading up to six foot. I went out on the course for the for my long run. So, um, yeah, it's just conditioning. You do because mm. it's – if you – and you've got to know how hard to go on that downhill so you don't completely ruin it for that uphill. Um, so I did it like a tempo down to Cox's River, so I knew how to f- it would feel when I go fast, and then um, just knew every part of the course, and um, I, it was really important. And when I wasn't training on that, then I was training uh, in Glenbrook National Park on the Oaks Trail. It's um, I don't, I don't, it's this, this trail that goes all the way up to Woodford, and it's a it's a good um, alternative because you can turn around and run a significant amount of k's downhill and get that downhill conditioning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for is that any, like single track or a fire trail? You mean? No, it's fire trail. Yeah. Okay. Fire yeah. Trail. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah. No, you got to have the downhill conditioning 100% because otherwise your legs just blow up. Yeah. Did you run in a trial shoe or just a normal road shoe? I run in, I did run in a trail shoe. Yeah, 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 I do. Only because of the single trail in, um, in at the start, the first 15K, and then the little yep. bit at the end. Um, I ran in, yeah, I did run in a trail shoe. And if I did yep. it again, I probably would. But on, on the fire trail, obviously, I run in a road shoe mostly. Yep. Have you had a go at the UTA? 
Yeah, I did UTA 22, but okay. it was yeah. on a whim. Yeah. And yeah. I did come fourth, but it was a ter- – did I come fourth? I think I did. But it was a terrible run. I ran really badly. So yeah. I'd like to go back and do the 22 again and have a real crack. I know I know the course super well. Yeah, I'd, have you done it? Uh, I've, I've done the 50 a few times. So You've I guess I've done – done the 22 in, yeah. in that course but i mean i guess it's similar too because yeah you've got in the 22 you're pretty much just smashing yourself on the downhill then you've got to come up again and the issue with uta is the stairs too sure the stairs yeah. they're they're a killer but no i'd like to go back and yeah do do some of those events as well maybe the yeah. 50 one year maybe the 50 yeah it's uh Similar to what you what you spoke about with uh, yeah, with the six foot, it's one of those days. If you're having a good day, then yeah, you pass a lot of people. You're having a bad day. It's the longest day <laughs> of your life. So isn't it just it's, yeah? <laughs> it's just it's terrible. I, I genuinely have more of those bad days than good. But that's why you enjoy the good days when they come along. Well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Now, look, you had a bit of hiatus from running a few years ago, um, and you sort of got uh, heavily involved in in CrossFit. Then you sort of uh, found your running mojo again. When you came back, I assume that's when you got in contact with uh, with Dick Telford? Yeah, so I trained with yep. a local fella, Brendan Davies, for um, yep. a little bit, a little while, and that was really helpful, got me, you know, back into it, and I had some good results. And um, But then uh, I've, you know, still got Canberra friends, and Chapo, Michael Chapman, had come up to the Blue Mountains for a bit, and he's like, Marnie, you know, why don't you just go train with Dick? And I had always... You know, I always knew who Dick was, but never thought he would coach me. You know, I knew him from the Canberra days, knew of him, didn't know him. And um, I just gave him a call and he said, we'll come down and come down to Canberra and have a run. So I did. And then he said, yeah, I'll coach you. So because he's coaching me online uh, and he doesn't coach too many people that he doesn't know online. Um, mm. So I came down there and kind of spent the weekend just running as hard as I could. And he said he'd coach me. And yeah. And then... Um, was super pleased because I just wanted to take it to the next level. So I just needed, you know, he's a smart guy and I needed needed his help. He's a great man. Um, you can't go too wrong having him looking after you. That's it. Was that was that specifically to to chase a faster marathon time, or you, you yeah. know, when you saw Dick, it's like sit down, we're going to start talking about you know running good marathon rather than just overall running. It was it was about the marathon? Yeah, purely yeah. purely okay. about the marathon. So um, I just really, you know, I don't think I've definitely haven't done my potential in the marathon and and that's the that's the goal so I just you know Dick's so such a a great coach so um yeah went to him and and he's you know helping me get there hopefully so with Dick I guess you'd be running you know reasonable mileage like 160k ish weeks and that sort of thing yep yeah. Yep. So yeah, he likes the case, and I like mm. the case too. So mm. you know, we work well together with that fact. Um, mm. So when I'm on a 10k program, which I'm on now, um, uh, I do 160, and then when we go to a marathon block, I'll go up. Last before Melbourne, we went to what I said went to 175, but mm. I think I can probably go a touch higher. I think yeah. for the next one I'll talk to him. But, yeah, I think I could probably go 180. But, yeah, 175 we go up to. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about those weeks because, you know, shift work, mum. Oh, like, uh, yeah. how are you put how, how are you doing? Obviously, you're running doubles and that. but like Doubles. How, and, yeah, so just run run, run us through it. You just got to be – you just got to get it done. Like, you mm. can't you can't procrastinate. Mm. So, um, right, so what so, I do is I mainly work evenings, right? So I wake yep. up. And hopefully, well, the summer kills you, but, you know, I'll do my first session around eight. 
um, I drop the kids off at school and or I get mum to come up and I and she'll drop them off at school and I just get them ready mm. and then I go out for my first session. So and how old are the kids now, sorry? Six and eight. Okay, yep. Right yeah, on. so like get them ready, mum takes them to school, I do the first session and then I come home, I have a quick something to eat and then I nap for like 30 mm. minutes and then I wake up and I jump on, if it's, I might jump on the treadmill for the second, for the double. So I have to do between, you know, five to 10 kilometers for the double or five to eight kilometers and uh, jump on the treadie. Or if I'm, I might meet some, someone else, like one of the local fellas, um, mates that I know for a, a double run that likes to run easy with me and then um, have a shower, go straight to work. And then I come home by 11 and then I do it all 11:30 at night and then I do it all again. And that's 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 mar- that's marathon training. I just do that continually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just yeah. it becomes very routine. Yeah. Treadmill is amazing because it's an opportunity that I can do K's and not be away from the house for double runs. That's a real lifesaver for me. I do a lot of double runs on the treaty. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just got to be really routine and not deviate from the routine. Otherwise, you just can't get the kilometers in. So, so that's the structure for getting the for getting the volume up. But what about actually doing specific, um, you know, sessions? Or obviously, you'd be doing weekend long runs, midweek long oh, runs. Oh yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so what I usually do is like Monday's easy, Tuesday's a session. If it's, do you want for a mar- for a marathon leading? Yeah, or, yeah. Let's go yeah. marathon leading. Yeah. All right. So Tuesday's um, pre Melbourne. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, so I might do mile reps. Mile reps is a big favourite of Dick's. I do a lot of mile reps. So, you know, five mile reps and then 200s at the end off one 30-minute recovery kind of thing. Yep. And then Wednesday's midweek long run. So I'm on a 10K program right now, so it's like a um, 20K run, but midweek long run usually for me is 25K. And I'll still double on that day. So I'll still do another little run before I go to work. And Thursday, well, when I'm marathon training, I go to two sessions a week. Right now, I'm back to three, but um, so you do a traditional session on Thursday. But so right now, I'm doing like a sub threshold run kind of thing of 12k um, with 200s at the end. But like just traditionally for marathon on the Friday, I would do a session. So I would go easy Thursday, and the session might be like at at least 10 to 15 kilometers at marathon pace kind of like a threshold run and then Saturday's easy unless I'm on 10k program like I am today this week and it's 1k reps and then Sunday again is often a session so I I usually so when I'm leading into a marathon it will be like 35k with the last 15k best effort and you you're trying to get to that marathon pace um and then for like 10k training, it's 25k on the hills, and you're really just working the hills quite hard. So that's 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 the structure. And then I mm. double whenever I can, whenever it works in with work, and when when I can, I try and double. So I double most days though. Yeah, it works yep. for me to double most days. Yeah, five to eight k. And yep. you know the the usual session days, they're upwards of 20 25k 20k anyway, especially when you're training for a marathon. So you, you're getting a lot of work done in the morning. So yeah, yeah that, that's the structure of it. So yeah, and ex CrossFit, you must uh, be in strength and conditioning. Are you doing some of that as well? Or? Oh yeah, so twice a week I do strength and conditioning. Um, so I've got my own little gym set up. Sometimes I go up. My partner's still a member of that gym, so I go up the my, our local CrossFit. They're like a little community, so I go up there. 
and um, do, you know, I don't lift heavy weights now um, because that's detrimental. I think, you know, the heavy, really heavy weights are pretty detrimental to performance. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I do a, a strength-specific kind of stuff. So I know where my niggles are and I just work on getting all those all those flattened out and working on, you know, activating the right muscles and I do that through CrossFit-style kind of uh, workout. All right, so with the women's marathon as it stands today, we've got Sinead Diver and Sinead Diver, I should say, 224.11. Lisa Waitman, 224.15. Ellie Pashley, 226.21. So that's all under that 229.30. So they're the girls sitting in those three spots. But obviously there's a couple of girls floating around who are hoping to take one of those spots. Now, opportunity is not too great, um, the way things are sitting. We've got the window finishing on May 31, but domestically we've got Hobart and Canberra a week apart, with Hobart being uh, Easter Sunday and Canberra a week later in April 11. Now, is that something that you would consider, seeing there's not much else to choose from? And if so, what would your um, aim be in those marathons? Well, I know that I'm I'm not going to run the 226. So for me, you know, I've, for me, for the next this year and next year, mm. my focus is doing a PB. And my P, what I want is I want sub, two, I want two thirty or below. So that's what sure. I'm aiming for. Yeah. So for me, Canberra and Hobart aren't probably options that I would do. Um, mainly Canberra is at altitude. You know, it's small. It's small, mm. but it's so I'm not pressed to get a fast time in a particular because you know those. I think you know there's those spots are. I don't think I've got a chance to to make the, that team, <laughs> so um, I'm just going to focus on trying to get as fast as I can, and maybe opportunities, some more opportunities will come later on. So for me, I we're waiting and seeing what what kind of happens, and if the right marathon comes up, and I'll I'll try and get a start in that. But you know, I want to do it on a course that is a PB course, so yeah. I'll just wait for that. Um, you know, I'm not that interested in just going for. For, for wins and things like that like I really want to if I'm going to hit a marathon I want it to be for like worth something to me which is you know trying to get that personal goal of running 230 or below so yep. yeah so you run a 237 so your next attempt would you would you be running on a time would you be trying to think yeah. okay let's start with a 232 and then no. go from there or no so I've talked no. to Dick about this and we mm. think the next attempt is to run to run the pace from the start the pace that I want to you know yeah. what we think we're capable of which yeah. you know you don't quite know until you're kind of leading you know a couple mm. of weeks out but yeah that would be the aim is to just go for it and mm. and hope it turns out rather than being conservative which i was in melbourne at the yeah. start yeah 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 so i mean like you know hobart and canberra aren't fast courses um no. so hopefully those girls who are trying to grab one of those spots can find something um that's a little bit quicker are there is there anything that you know about that that might be around that they can actually grab no, no. not that i know um mm. uh, yeah no so i think the you know the managers are looking for things and there, there yeah. might be something coming out but no, i think I japan's think looking the, at japanese runners only so japanese runners only there. and then yeah. everything else is cancelled and yeah everything's been pushed to post olympics so it makes it tricky doesn't it really tricky so i'm interested to see how it pans out for them mm. and, um, whether, you know, 
uh, my question that I often might be controversial, but why doesn't Athletics Australia put something on? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm, um, I look, I'm, everyone's saying that. I'm hoping the people who can make these decisions are also listening and, and thinking about it as well. Or even maybe they, make, make yeah. Hobart and Canberra a little bit faster. You know what I mean? Well, or just find a cooler multi-lap and invite a field like yeah yeah i don't know i don't know but that's what i think should happen because mm. it's too it's just becoming too hard and yep. it's hard for people and it's hard in like you know you don't want to expose people to covid either so yeah. don't make them go overseas put something on and they're not gonna yeah so that's that's my thought on it no, have it a u.s style race why not yeah. have a u.s style race where the first three go there's lots of options and i hope they're thinking about creating creating you know something i hope so too i guess it all depends um now what you think of the professionalism of of athletics australia and where you think they can pull that together but even if they have to um you know get people on board you know and um to organize it for them and they can just brand it or whatever they have to do but yeah some it would be it would be fantastic if something like that got up and running for sure it there's no reason. It. There's no reason why they can't do it. That's the thing. And I feel like there's so many companies that would support it. There's like, yeah. well, obviously, I'm um, sponsored by Hocker, and they would, you know, there's lots of different companies that would love to support that. Just love running, and you, mm. you could create something out of it. But yep. every yep. other country seems to be able to do it. But yeah, it's and I just think it'd be good for the sport as well. You How good I mean? would it be for the sport? And yeah. distance running in Australia, people love it, and. Yeah. They just need to, you know, recognize, yeah, they, it would be great for the sport. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, much been, interest. A lot of money being uh, thrown around Athletics Australia at the moment, so uh, hopefully it can get channeled in the right areas. Um, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so between now and, and your next marathon, whatever that may be, <laughs> yeah. um, obviously you mentioned you're on the, on the 10K plane at the moment, so trying to get uh, those legs turned over quick and get faster, which is always a good way to run a fast marathon. If you're running a quick 10 and 5, usually you're running a, a very good marathon, so I can see the strategy behind that. Yep. So are you looking at racing um, like on the track or some road races over the 5s and 10s or halves before your well, next marathon or possibly even Zatapak on Australia Day? Well, I'm definitely um, doing Launceston. I'm going, okay. I made awesome. the decision last week that yep. with the field like that, there's, yeah. and it's a fast course, I think. Is that the so 10 or the half? I'm doing the 10, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I'll do the 10 there. You yeah. know, um, I think it's too good an opportunity not to, to yeah. line up and just. It's so deep, isn't it? It looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I saw the field and I'm like, oh, my God. I, I'm, You've I'm got to be part of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Um, so I'm into that. So that's the, that's the next race. Yeah, cool. Yeah, December 13th, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah December 13th. Yeah, yeah so it sh- should be a good one, fingers crossed. Yeah. And is there anything else after that new year that you've sort of got in the diary? Or? No, I don't. I don't. I think we're just, just waiting to see because what, yep. you know, what the plan would be is to find a marathon three months yep. out and then start a 12-week block. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But i just gotta just got to wait for it. So just being patient. So are you thinking of running Zetapec then on Australia Day or, or not? I think uh, I think I'll see how Lon- uh, Launceston goes. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. I'm a bit burnt from the 10k track. I, I yeah, know yeah, that one day yeah. I'll get it, and one day it'll be the best day of my life. Yeah. A little, a little bit burnt. I just have had some not so great runs. So um, yeah, 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 maybe, maybe. Yeah, you maybe. don't know. I mean, running is one of those weird things, isn't it? You know, you have the perfect prep, and you think you're going to have a great one, and it doesn't. Then you just turn up with this relaxed attitude, and you have a blinder. So <laughs> yeah. you never know. You never know. <laughs> 
So yeah, I might do it. Just I guess it all depends on on how long system goes, and I'll yeah, make sure. a decision after that. Yeah. All right, Marnie. Let's talk about the reason why you um you actually stepped away from running and then got involved into CrossFit. So I was running. Um, I was running. I had moved up to the Blue Mountains, and uh, I, I was in the Air Force, and I was running um, with a local chap here as a coach, and he. Um, he was coaching like Mel Vernon and I was running with them and, and you know what, I just started to get niggles and I'd never really got niggles and I had, um, I was getting up out of bed and my plantar fascia was on fire and my groin was on fire and I couldn't walk and I couldn't run, but I was still running and, um, and I just kind of had it. I just lost the passion and, mm. um, I was like, I'm I'm not the, t- I'm traditionally when, if I have a niggle, I'm not the girl that goes like and smashes themselves on a different device. Like if I can't run, then I'm not interested. I just, yeah. um, I rest up. So when was um, this? Give, give us a month and year we're talking about. Oh, uh, so that would have been, God, everything merges into one. Well, Emmy is eight and then it would have been probably a good three years before Emmy. So we're looking at like 10, 11 years. Okay. Yeah? Does right. That sound right? Yep. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, 10 years. We'll go 10 years. Right, yeah. Um, so I just had it. I just, you know, I'd done a few races, and but I was niggly, and um, I just kind of lost lost passion for running. Um, so I gave up. I said, that, that's it. I'm not doing it. And, um, you know, I tried a bit of cycling and stuff, um, but I, I, um, I enjoyed cycling, but it's crazy dangerous. And... Um, and then I just stumbled across the local CrossFit gym. Like I drove up like where they are and I saw all these people like in a shed because it's always in a like a, a warehousey kind of thing. Yeah. And I saw them just like throwing med balls, ar- like throwing slam balls around and doing some really cool stuff. And then I rung them up and did a trial and I loved it and I just got into it and just it just ticked all my workout boxes. Like you just – you know, you're smashed at the end, you're working really hard, you're kind of really working against yourself. There's a 1,000 PBs that you can go for. Every single movement has a PB. The combination of movements have personal bests. So there's so much. And then you retest and test. So you're always, you know, you're always conscious of improvement. And um, and then I just love that. And um then I kind of got my, like I did that and I was doing it heaps and I was getting really strong but not strong enough, obviously. Um, those girls are machines. Um, so so was, just, just explain to us what the basic structure of, of this CrossFit is, is that like if okay, you went from one CrossFit class from in Adelaide or Sydney or Brisbane, there would be similarities between it? Is there a certain 100%, structure? 100%. Okay. So right. um, it's uh, Olympic lifting um, combined with gymnastic movement um, so it's your ring muscle-ups and your um, okay. handstand yep. push-ups and yep. bar muscle-ups and all that yep. kind of stuff. Um, and it's those two things kind of combined into one and then it's high intensity, right? So that's what it is. So and CrossFit and then they've got all these different workouts that are created. Um, they've got the girls, which is like they're all named after girls and then they've got the guys they're not the guys have got the hero words, which are harder again. And then they're also combining running and, and cycling right. and rowing into all of these. So you're doing a certain, certain movement within 
Like, is it against the clock? Like, you're doing certain yeah, repetitions so, in the clock. All right. Yeah? So, usually, like a class, that people can mm. run them differently. You you start off the class and you might have a lift that you're doing, and that's the strength component, right? So, you yep. might have a snatch and you might do, be doing a heavy, you might be doing a heavy five or you might be doing five times five at 60% or something. So, you do your strength component. And then the next part of the workout is often the WOD, so the workout of the day. Now, that's created by whichever coach runs your box, your gym, right? So they create the program. So a workout of the day is usually it can be an AMRAP, which is as many reps or as possible within a certain time frame, like you said, or it could actually be a workout, um, a known workout like the girls, or it could be a big chipper where you've got all of this movement and you've got a time cap to get it through. And yeah. those movements will be, will offer, you know, they'll have Olympic lifts in them. And they'll, or they'll have like deadlifts or they'll have um, dumbbell work um, and then a gymnastics component and you're essentially – and it's high-intensity training and you just do the workout and then you're dead at the end and, and then that's it and you're, yeah. it's the so, end of the day. So you'd be doing a different exercise to the person next to you? Is it like a circuit where you're doing different pieces of equipment no. or – Okay, no. I'll, give you a, um, I'll give you a workout for a – so, like, one workout might be, um, like, Isabel, which is 30 snatches for time. Yeah. With the requ- and they do a recommended weight. So they do the weight that it should be at. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to do that. Like, it can you, – you scale it to your thing. Or you might do an event where you do – you might have 20 minutes on the clock and you've got to do five, um, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 30 air squats. Right, and you do that, those three movements, you do them like that for 25 minutes and it's how many repetitions you get or how many rounds you get. Okay. So everyone's doing the same thing unless you can't do the movement and you scale it, yeah. Yeah, you do something yeah. So that it, you can some, do. It, and is it a different level of classes? You can't imagine you have someone just walking off the street never lifted anything, have no idea about, you know, body Well, that's the thing. So you, no, you scale yeah. it. So that, okay. that, that particular, you all start at the same time and if it's yeah. Clock, you all finish at the same time. Yeah. But so where I might do a snatch with some weight on it, they might just be snatching, you know, the baby bar or even like mm. a, a broom, you know, just yeah. going through the movement. So everything gets scaled so that so everyone so it's inclusive. Yeah. That's what it taught me is like really that really inclusiveness to sport. Yeah. And and obviously some people would need help out with their technique of how to lift properly. There'd be yeah, someone so there that's you, yeah. you've always got um, that's why they often do a strength component at the start because that's what mm. you're working on is technique. Yeah. And you've yeah. got your coach there. There's a coach there and the classes aren't that big and they yeah. just they fix you up. With yeah. with the with the boom boom box pumping away or Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. good. That's good. I mean, obviously that would carry over so much into running. I mean, as you know, us distance runners um are pretty quick to to just push that gym session out of the way and, and not bother getting around to do it or or we only do it when we're injured and then we rehab and then we're back to running again and we forget all about it. But having having that training and that knowledge would be so beneficial for yourself. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, you still do two sessions a week, but um, pre-CrossFit and then post and so during it, I guess was what I'm trying to say, what did you um, learn that you've taken into your running that you felt is, you know, very beneficial, something you need to continue to do to to maintain your strength as a distance runner? I think it taught me body awareness is the main thing. So 
you know, it taught me about my core and then it taught me how to activate, you know, how muscles are meant to activate to work, right? So you, I think previously, you know, I'd just go for a run and I wouldn't care and the stuff would hurt, but I wouldn't care. But it kind of, you know, what it taught me is now if I feel tightness somewhere, I know why. I can mm-hmm. work it out and I can work out where the deficiency is and then I can work on um, that that deficient area to kind of, so I don't progress to a, an injury. It just maintains as a niggle and then goes away. Um, but that's what it taught me. It taught me about my muscles and it taught me how to activate all those different muscles with all the different movements. And then that's what I bring into my strength training now is that I'm able to activate the muscles that I know I need to to become a better runner. Mm. So, yeah, that's probably that's what I learned the most, most yeah. body awareness, yep. Yep, no, that's cool. That's uh, that's fantastic. Now, you run in hockers. Tell us about yeah. that. Now, obviously, you know, trail, trail and road, there's, there's lots of talking issues these days. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless about talking about brands and all the rest of it, I, I do like what they're doing with the shoe. Um, I guess, I guess uh, Nike did sort of... Um, I guess advance the technology because they put everyone under under the pump under pressure to to catch up and the midsoles. I just love the midsoles. I guess what I'm trying to get at. Um, um, forget about. I mean the plates are good, but when I go for a yeah. run now, they just the shoes just feel better. They feel more responsive and all the rest of that. But yeah, Hocker Hocker's been around for a while. Um, you know, that that heavy stack um, weight and um, I have ne- never run in them, but yeah, they've obviously moved into. Um, I guess they always started off trail. I always knew them as a trail shoe, but now they're into the road running scene. And and I don't know. Do they even do spikes? Do they even do traction? Yeah, they or? do. Okay, yeah, they do. Go. But see, the thing is, with um, I, I don't think like the general public know about all the shoes that they actually do create because mm. I think like initially i remember going back to canberra and going to one of the running shops and all they had was like the bondi now mm. i don't really run in the bondi that much at all mm. like that that's not a performance shoe that's no. it's like the know, brooks beast isn't it so like really yeah, heavily box- engineered and yeah yeah it's not so but hocker itself has a huge range of shoe and they're releasing some really great stuff but um you know, it's lightweight, but you look at it and you, you do see that significant amount of pad, but I think it's been proven pad is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think Nike did that, prove yeah. to everyone that pad is not bad. So yeah. um, I love running in my hockers and I think they do help me not be injured because um, I definitely have, since moving to hocker, I've, you know, had very minimal minimal injuries and definitely minimal lower leg injuries. So, um I just yeah I love it. Look, they've got I wear I wear cross country spikes. I wear normal spikes. I've got the um, obviously my races, and then you know I've got two types of carbon plate shoes to choose from. If I'm doing a longer session that I know I can't change shoes and it's 25k, well mm. I've got a shoe that I, I choose for that um, rather than being a really 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 aggressive racer kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And as far as recovery shoes, I've got some. They're, yeah, they've got great recovery shoes. So, you know, if I go for an easy run, I'll wear a Clifton because I know that my legs are just going to love it and it's not going to be a battle. And then um, some other, if I don't wear a carbon plate but I want a more tempo shoe, they've got some really great things um, on the horizon. They've got the Rincon, obviously, but they've got a new shoe that's coming out that I've been running in that's phenomenal, great. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I've got only positive things to say because I um I actually like the shoe for sure. me. 
yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, if someone gave you a shoe and you didn't like it, you'd be silly to uh, to be wearing yes. it, you know. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for giving your time, Marnie. Um, I'm really interested to see how, how the Marnie story continues, especially in road marathon running. Um, I'm glad you've stepped up to challenge yourself over that distance. I think most runners always want to eventually get to the marathon. Um, some of yep. us <laughs> put it off as long as we possibly can. But, um, but yeah, no, look, it's uh, – Really, I think I think you and Dick, um, yeah, I think Dick genuinely gets the best out of all all their athletes, and sounds like uh, you've got the right mindset and uh, the right attitude. So, really looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, best of luck down there at Lorney. It's going to be a great uh, weekend. Yeah, I think will it's going be. to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, like I said, the depth's going to be there, and um, I think everyone's so excited to um, to be pinning that number back on again. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it should be fantastic. Yeah, it'll be amazing. I can't wait. Yep. Uh, yes, get through this heat this weekend. We're 46, 43 up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, do your best. Like I said, um, yeah, all the best and really looking forward to seeing um, seeing what the future holds for you, Marnie. Oh, cheers. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, no worries. And um, do you mind if I just whack a, um, a bit of a, uh, a follow link over there to an Instagram account or something? Or Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye, Marnie.